This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, bonus edition, Golf Talk Canada, Masters Week. Zacchino and Scully, Weeksy not with us, Weeksy head deep in the TSN TV duties, which Adam and I and Bob have been on all week, really, Scully, good morning, Um, the Masters is here, it hasn't even started yet, my friend, and yet I feel like we've been uh, talking about it 24-7, and there's a reason for it, every day there's a little extra something that comes out, gets released, obviously... World number 973 is the big story right now. Uh, of course, world number 973 is none other than Tiger Woods. But, uh, I mean, world buzzing, Adam, and we're going to get into it today. We're going to hear from all the big names. We've got tons of audio. We're going to break down the huge storylines, but obviously nothing bigger than Tiger Woods. Nothing bigger than Tiger Woods. And, Mark, he hasn't officially said he is in. Yesterday, he said the plan as of now is that I am going to play. So I'd say it's like 95% he's going to play unless something goes awry in his practice round right now. Apparently, he's on the course with uh, Justin Thomas and Fred Couples. They teed off just after 8 a.m. on the back on the second nine at Augusta National. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens here with Tiger Woods. But he he sure sounded good yesterday. Uh, Very thankful for everything he's uh, had to go through with his physio and uh, basically being worked on every day. And I also found too, Mark, it was interesting that he uh, went out of his way two or three times to thank all of the tour pros and the guys who had reached out to him, who had FaceTimed him, who had called mm-hmm. him, who had visited him, just to you know, say thank you for the support. Because you know, for a while there, we didn't really hear from Tiger when we thought, will he be able to walk again? Will he have two legs again? Will he survive? And now he is where he is. It truly is a remarkable story. 14 months from going off the road in Los Angeles and, and nearly killing himself. And, and uh, thank God no one else uh, got hurt in, in the accident. And here we are 14 months later. And he is scheduled to pick it up at 10.34 a.m. Eastern Thursday morning alongside Louis Oosthuizen and Joaquin Neiman. We will see. The plan as of right now is for Tiger to play. We will break down Tiger fully in hour one alongside... Rory McIlroy, where if it wasn't for Tiger Woods, the biggest story is certainly Rory McIlroy and his eighth attempt at completing a career Grand Slam. We're going to hear all the big names and notables. We'll give you our TSN fantasy picks for the week as well in hour two. Uh, Fred Albert is my colleague from PGA Tour Radio, part of Masters radio team this week. I believe he is up in one of the towers. So we'll get Freddie's perspective on all this as he is live uh, down in Augusta on today's show. But first, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. All right. News and headlines. Well, first of all, why don't we start uh, with the weather? 
Adam, because the weather on Monday and Tuesday, actually it's Tuesday and, and, and then again today, potentially some inclement weather, but lots of rain. In fact, they blew the horn yesterday, moved patrons off the golf course. Listen, they got the sub-air system here. I don't think moisture is going to be a huge problem. We have not received a ton of rain in Augusta, and nor are we are, 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 are anticipating a lot of rain in Augusta. But I am watching the winds. And they are forecast right now for around 15 miles an hour, could gust to 20. And the local forecast, Skelly, that the players are getting are showing gusts higher than that. If you hit Amen Corner at the wrong time and you get a 25, 30 mile per hour gust, I mean, it can change the complexity of your round in the entire tournament. And now I'm going to tee up here again because if it gets windy and you get gusts, and you're standing down Amen Corner, and you're looking at the 11th green, and the flag's going in one direction, and then the 12th green, the wind's going in another direction. You know what that means? That means experience. Experience and local knowledge means more than anything, and we all know who has lots of that. Yeah, you're right, and obviously, you know, everyone listening to this will think back to that 2019 Masters, where it was, it was similar in terms of the weather was coming in, it was breezy, it was blustery, you know, four guys put it into the water in the last two groups in threesomes, of course, on that Sunday final round. So, yes, experience paid off there for Tiger Woods. But you think now, Mark, like this is going to be a guessing game. You think if, if the winds are going that high, like you mentioned, on 11, they could be swirling one way. Or it looks like it could be swirling one way. On 12, it's a completely opposite way, even though you're basically hitting at the same and towards the same direction. I think this is just popcorn for us, for us in the media, for us fans of the game to sit back and perhaps watch some carnage. Who knows? Well, it's going to be cooler than expected. Uh, it might top out in the low 70s, but most of the week they're going to be playing golf in the high 60s. And with those gusting winds, again, uh, the last thing a PGA Tour pro wants or someone that has a lack of experience around Augusta is be standing on uh, any of those key tee shots, approach shots, and have doubt, and doubt being where's this wind actually coming from, and that's where uh, multiple tours around Augusta come in handy, which is why you know one of my fantasy picks this week uh, is making me a little bit more concerned. We'll get to that in hour two. Now, you're going to hear throughout the broadcast this week, whether you're watching early round coverage on TSN, which will be from 10 to 3 daily with Bob Weeks, James Duffy, Graham Dillette on the ground, Myself and Lindsay Hamilton here on the Masters desk in Toronto. You're going to hear a lot of discussion about the changes at 11 and 15. And most of that discussion, from what you're going to hear, is about the length, Adam, and the way they've adjusted the tee deck on 11 and 15. Now, 11 is already one of the most difficult holes on the golf course. Over the last decade or so, it's ranked the second hardest hole annually on the golf course. That's traditionally the spot. The tee shot has gotten a little straighter, and one could argue that although it is 20 yards longer, the tee shot's gotten a little easier. It's a wider area. You don't have to shape it as much. I think one of the things that people are not talking about enough, Adam, is they have changed the bailout area right of 11. Right of 11 has been historically the place everybody misses and tries to get it up and down. In fact, Larry Mize chipped in from that location in 1987 to beat Greg Norman in a playoff. Of course, they bail out right because you've got a tee, uh, an approach shot of 200 yards, 210, 220 yards in 
looking down at a fairly small target to a, with a pawn to the left. This is what kicks off aim and corner. So there are, there are double bogeys lurking if you miss left at 11. So guys bail out right. Well, that bailout area that used to be fairly flat, they have now created a large teardrop mound that if you bail out right at 11, it will push the ball hard left, which will bring the pawn into play, or if you catch the other side of the teardrop, we'll kick it even further away from the green. And that 20-foot, 30-foot pitch can now be 60, 70 feet, 80 feet. I mean, that subtle change, which nobody right now is talking about, Adam, could be huge come Sunday when coming through Amen Corner. Yeah, you're right. Not, not, not a lot of people talking about that change closer to the green. More, more players talking about, like Rory McIlroy made the exact same point you did, especially off the tee, how guys can, you know, I guess the hole obviously is 15, 20 yards longer now, but guys can, I guess, wail away at driver a little more with a par four at 400, or sorry, 520 yards to, you know, hit driver as long as you can. You know, I, I keep going back to the 2019 Masters, but uh, Tiger Woods hit his tee shot so far right on 11 in that final round. And now he'd be totally fine. But back then, he got quite a break and had, you know, a little shoot up to the, or over a tree onto a green. So, yeah, I, I like the change on 11. I'm curious how it's going to pan out. We saw the changes on 5 a couple of years ago, lengthen, lengthening it to uh, 495 off uh, the championship tees. And, and that caused a lot of havoc for some guys. I, I like the changes on 15 as well. And Colin Morikawa and Jordan Spieth both made the point that now they're playing the hole the way it was meant to be. And guys aren't going to be ripping, you know, nine irons, eight irons into that green. Mm-hmm. Mark Howell made the point the last two Masters, he's been more worried about mud balls. And, I mean, with the weather we've come, that had uh, yesterday and perhaps that we're getting later today, that might come into play again come 15, but, but that's going to be a, a, another challenging hole too. Especially early in the week, a mutter maybe on a Thursday uh, possible Friday, but unlikely. And then by Saturday, Sunday, it will not be in focus. And to your point, Adam, 15 now at 550, putting the integrity of the shot, the integrity of par, the way the hole was designed back into play at 300-yard drive now at 15 will leave you 250 into the center of the green. We are not going to see flip nine irons into 15 any longer. I like the change, and I love the tournament committee here at Augusta. We spoke Monday. Nobody knows how to set up this golf course better. Come Sunday, you are not going to see that hole at 550 on Sunday. On on Sunday, that tee will be up on 15. Eagles will be in play. They know how to dial in, and a lot will be on what the forecast suggests for win. If it's really, uh, if it's into the win on 15, they'll have it way up. And if it's downwind hard on 15, maybe they'll play it back. Just quickly, a couple other points before we throw to break. John Rom said, Justin Thomas is the only one that gets great Tiger advice. He was asking the presser, Adam, hey, you know, are you over to pull any good nuggets from Tiger? He says, nah, JT's the only guy that gets that version of Tiger. That's not the first time we've heard that. And Jordan Spieth, Texas's own favorite son, Jordan Spieth, threw all of Texas under the bus <laughs> last night when he said, the best beef he ever had was in the uh, Dunlop Phoenix Open, which is on the, the Australasian-Japan tour. And he had that Kobe beef in Japan. He said, I know everybody in Texas is going to be mad at me, but I can't wait for tonight's dinner, Champions Dinner, because Hideki Matsuyama served Kobe beef as part of the menu. And, of course, Jordan Spieth said, I'm going for seconds. Okay, on the other side, we're going to break it down. What does Adam expect From world number 973, we will hear his presser, 
We will break down what to expect, what the challenges are, what the advantages and disadvantages for world number 973. Coming up on the other side, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back, GTC. Zakino Skelly on a Masters pregame edition of Golf Talk Canada. He is a five-time Masters champion. He is a 15-time major champion. He has 82 PGA Tour career victories, and he is world number 973. He is Tiger Woods, and he has flipped the entire sports world upside down, never mind golf world. When he suggested yesterday in his press conference that he is intending to play, to try to play, the Masters pegging it up Thursday morning, 10.34 Eastern, alongside Louis Ustazen and Joaquin Neiman. Adam and I are going to get into it. Before we get into it, let's hear now from Tiger Woods. Well, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play as of right now. My recovery has been good. I've been very excited about how I've recovered each and every day, and that, that's been the, the, the challenge. That's why I came up here and, and tested out for 27 holes, because... We played the par three course. Charlie couldn't help himself. Um, so was able to play uh, 27 holes that day um, and at home testing it. But it's the recovery. You know, how, how am I going to get all the you know, swelling out and recover for the next day? And uh, my team has been fantastic and worked very hard. Um, so we've got another day of nine more holes and uh, then come game time. I've worked hard. Um, my team has been unbelievable. I've been lucky to have had great surgeons and great PTs and, and physios that have worked on me virtually every day. And we've worked hard to get to this point, to get to this, an opportunity to, to walk the grounds, test it out, and see if I can do this. Um, it's been a tough, tough year and uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff that I had to deal with, and you know, I don't wish on anyone, but you know, here we are, and Masters Week, and you know, being able to play and practice, and you know, for me, more importantly, to say thank you, thank you to all the guys that, that have uh, texted me, FaceTimed me, and called me, um, and given me all their support uh, to see them in person and to say thank you. It uh, has meant a lot. It's just a matter of what my body is able to do the next day and the recovery. You know, that's, that's the hard part, is that, yes, we push it and try and recover the best we possibly can, you know, that night and then see how it is the next morning. Then, you, then all the, the activations and, and going through that whole process again, and you warm it up, and then you warm it back down or test it out, and then you got to warm it, cool it back down. Then you got to go do that um, day in and day out. And it, it gets agonizing and teasing because of simple things that, you know, that, I would normally just go do. It would take now a couple hours here and a couple hours there to prep and then wind down. Um, so 
activity time to do what I want to do. Uh, it adds more time on both sides of it, pre and post. Uh, so that has been, uh, it's not like something I haven't done, but the times have gotten longer uh, on, on both sides. Do you think you can win the Masters this week? I do. And what have you seen in your preparation that leads you to believe that? Well, I can, I can hit it just fine. And I, I, I don't have any qualms about what I can do physically from a golf standpoint. It's now walking is the hard part. You know, this is normally not a easy walk to begin with. Um, uh, now, given the, the conditions that you know my leg is in, it gets a little bit more more difficult. And you know that uh, you know 72 holes is uh, it's a long road, and uh, it's going to be a, a tough challenge and a challenge that I'm, I'm up for. All right, Adam, in that three minutes, I think you have absolutely everything you need to know. And the reason I say that is when you and I saw him back at the PNC, when the golf world saw him play with Charlie at the PNC, all our eyebrows went up. And our eyebrows went up because we were, I think, a little surprised about a couple of things. Did he hit wayward shots and some sloppy shots? Of course he did. Was he playing in Florida golf cart? Of course. But ball speed was up, which kind of we all went, really? None of us were expecting ball speeds over 170 miles an hour. He's living there right now quite easily without going at it. He's waving at it, getting it 171, 172. And yesterday on the range when he decided to loosen up and start to go at it, he got it up to 175, 176. In fact, he flew one about 308, 309 was the longest carry he had on the range yesterday. So all our eyebrows went up, okay? And we, we started to feel like this was always going to be about physically could he handle the, the, the four days on the body, the walk, this or that. I think everybody should be a little concerned here. And the reason I say that is, the, the reason I think he is pushing it this early, and you tell me if I'm onto something here, Adam, or if you think I'm nuts. The reason I think he's pushing it early here, and I'm calling this early because this is early, I don't think any of us thought he'd be really walking four days at Augusta based on the information we had and what we were told, okay? Is that he won't come out and say it. He's been nonchalant about it. I think he's in love with the way he's hitting the golf ball right now. <laughs> I think he, he is not concerned at all about his golf swing. Uh, and part of this is the fact that he's playing golf the last couple of years for the first time in probably two decades with his own golf swing. We're not working with some guy on the range, swinging golf swing with all due respect to Sean Foley, with all due respect to Hank Haney, everybody's worked with all due respect to all those guys who know what they're talking about. He isn't playing with someone else's golf swing. This is Tiger Woods own golf swing at this moment in time with the body he has. And in his mind, he has complete control over it. It's his own. He's, he's dug it out of the dirt. This is it. This is strictly about how his body will hold up over four days. And Adam, if it does hold up, I mean, if he's that comfortable with the golf swing, I mean, I asked Bob this question on TV. We're going to have the special coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon on three of our TSN feeds, TSN TV, Golf Talk Canada, Masters Preview. I asked Bob this question. Bob was like, listen, you know, I think he's going to play okay for four days. I think my expectations, am I getting sucked in, Adam? Mine are a little higher, all depending on the leg. Yeah, I'm just like, it's hard not to get too hyped up for this, but I'm pretty hyped up about this. When 
when Tiger's asked if he believes he can win, he's not going to say no, but the way, you know, the way he nonchalantly said, oh, I'm hitting it fine. And that has to go to, you know, before he was ramping the speed up, like his short game looked tight at the PNC. It looked good. And you think months and months and months, and as he says, thousands and thousands of reps, it's going to be even better. And, and what the reports are coming from Augusta National is that his short game looks good. The long game looks good. And obviously we know his track record here. If, if I, I'm curious, I mean, it doesn't look like we're getting any rain coming Thursday through Sunday. You, you think maybe a, wet, a wetter golf course would hinder him perhaps in terms of walking? Who know that might be a little a harder a walk, maybe, maybe. But I, I do think, Mark, that so he uh, a big story as well this week is um, with Tiger is that he's wearing a, a different brand of shoe. Mm-hmm. And Graham Dillette made a really interesting point uh, on SportsCenter last night um, where because Graham Dillette has obviously had back issues working as an analyst for TSN mm-hmm. now. And he basically said that he's kind of surprised that Tiger is wearing the heart the hard spike because the firmer with the shoe, back, yes yes because with a back issue because tiger still has back issues that many people are still forgetting about um is that when you have a softer spike shoe there's a little more rotation but i, I guess with the harder spike with the way his his leg his ankle is i i believe he's still wearing some sort of compression sleeve on that right leg which we obviously can't see because he's wearing pants mm-hmm. you wonder how much that will affect him uh, it seems like he's pretty comfortable. I mean, people have said that he's not using a club as a cane, but maybe going up a hill, he's holding a club to you know help his way up there, I guess. But that's something he sort of did all the time when he did a good drive back in his heyday. He would carry his driver with him and, and sort of you know march along with it. So, I mean, and, I'm and pretty the, excited for it. Go ahead. At the end of 72 holes, he, he, they said occasionally he does have a visible limp. He's not going to walk perfect, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Hogan won in a similar fashion a year after a car crash at almost – uh, ended his life. He won a U.S. Open, won a major. Uh, to Graham's point, Adam, the reason I think he's wearing the firmer shoe with the metal spikes is this is not about the back. If we were talking about the back, I I I, I understand the point on the shoe, right? Because this is not a great shoe for the back. The focus now is on the leg and the knee. This is a better shoe, not a great shoe for the back, but a much better shoe for the leg and the knee because he needs stability and traction. I think the number one killer right now for Tiger would be the slip more than anything else, okay? It would be the slip. And I think he's not focused on the back at all right now. He's focused on the leg. Well, so on that point, I am curious, though, with the cooler temperatures, we saw, you know, before the the car accident last year, after he won the Masters specifically, and I know he was going through a bit of a a knee issue on the other other knee, and his back was a little tight, but when when the the, the conditions got cooler, i.e. 2019 PGA Championship, i.e. 2019 Open Championship, Tiger was sort of hitting this slap cut off the tee and and couldn't really draw the ball at all so mark what do you think of these cold temperatures how will that affect his back like you want tiger didn't really mention his back at all during the presser yesterday that just that he spends hours and hours getting his body ready but didn't really specifically mention the back but you wonder how the cooler temperatures will affect that back 100 percent. and the other thing though adam though is part of this is he's got a pretty good draw I yep. mean, 10.30 in the morning on Thursday is going to be yep. his early time. So that's certainly going to help his back. So he gets to go and warm up at 8.39 in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, hit the range, and warm up in some fairly decent temperatures. He's not going to be warming up at 7.30 in the morning and then pegging it up at 8.30. That's a huge plus at 10.30. And then Friday, he'll go and then in the afternoon wave. 
So it's a really nice draw for Tiger where he's going to get the warmer parts of the day, which again, to your point, is beneficial. And if then if he takes advantage of that good draw, if he takes advantage of the 10.30 time on Thursday and then the late time Friday, then he'll be in the afternoon playing in the warmth and the sun on Saturday and Sunday because he'll be in contention. So it's going to be interesting to see how this lays out. I, I, I get all the points. We're all hyped up. we got to keep our expectations in check. But I'm just di- dissecting the language right now. And the language right now is all about the knee recovery, how he's happy about his recovery, how great his team's been doing, how he's been pleasantly surprised on how quickly his recovery's been and how good he feels in the mornings, that the swelling goes away. They've got a plan in place. Now, they're practicing nine holes, to your point. He did play 27 with Charlie, however, and, and Justin on his it, last week on his, on his uh, trip up. So we will see. That's all point. But I'm not hearing a single thing at all from Tiger Woods about his golf swing nothing he's hitting it where he's looking and he loves his short game we will see we're gonna know right away we're gonna know thursday how much rust uh if if any can't wait i mean thursday ratings for the masters gonna be absolutely through the roof they're gonna be unbelievable mark i mean we've seen a lot of highly anticipated returns for tiger woods he's had many comebacks uh, in terms of ratings, you think back in 2010 after the scandal. Do you remember how many people were watching those first two rounds? And he got in the mix that week. That week. He almost won the golf tournament that week. So uh, I'm guessing ratings are just going to be astronomical come Thursday on TSN. All right. On the other side, if it wasn't for Tiger, a lot of the spotlight and focus would be on Rory McIlroy. He's attempting the career Grand Slam again. The eighth kick at the can. Some people higher on Rory's chances than others. We'll hear from Rory and break it down on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Mark Zucchino with you. Masters preview edition of GTC. It all kicks off tomorrow, of course, 10 a.m. Eastern, TSN, CTV, your home for the Masters. We'll have Masters early round coverage across all TSN feeds, 10 to 3. We've got James Duffy, Bob Weeks, Graham Dillette on the ground in Augusta, myself and Lindsay Hamilton, Masters Desk Toronto. I don't know if there's more Masters coverage anywhere on the planet than Canada. In fact, I know there's not. It's just that simple. There is not. We have the largest window of Masters coverage around the clock than any country in the world. Thus, it should be that way, <laughs> as it is. All right, Adam, Rory McIlroy, he's attempting the career Grand Slam for the eighth time. Historically speaking, those who get past attempts three and four, uh, i.e. Phil Mickelson, uh, don't typically historically get it done. I think Gene Sarazen was the only member of the Grand Slam club that went that deep uh, historically and, and ended up grabbing the Grand Slam. The, the other 
members of the Grand Slam Club, whether it be uh, Ben Hogan, Jack Nicholas, uh, Gary Player, Tiger Woods, got it done in uh, three or four attempts. Uh, so eight is a bit of an outlier. Um, Rory, some shocking numbers. There's lots to chew on with Rory. Before we get to it, let's hear from Rory McIlroy. I'd say a little bit less pressure. I think coming, I mean, you know, the best, you know, my best finish was the the first go around to try to win the slam. Um, so it's not as if I, you know, Jordan played wonderfully that week and, um, you know, I, I played well. I played, you know, maybe not as well as I could, but I, I played pretty much up to my potential and, you know, it just wasn't good enough that week. So, and I think as well, as I said at the start, I'm in a, maybe at a different stage in my life where, Back then, you know, golf was everything, and it's obviously look. It's still very, very important. Um, but maybe back then, I would think that I, I don't know if I would um, feel like I was fulfilled if I didn't win one or whatever it is. But um, yeah, it's less pressure. I'm not like I, I know if I play well, I'll give myself chances to win this golf tournament, and uh, it's just a matter of going out there and, and executing the way you know that you can and, and stick to your game plan and be patient and be disciplined and all the things you need to do around Augusta National. Um, but you know, I don't feel, you know, from, you know, if I think back to 2015 when I was coming off that run, yeah, there's certainly less pressure, I feel, than, than there was then. Rory, how much of a, a setback was, was missing the cut last week given the way that you'd set your stall out schedule-wise building actually, up to this? Um, I think it was beneficial in the end. Uh, I learned a few things. Like you always learn more from uh, disappointments or from from times where you don't play so well. So I, I thought, like, if there's a cut to miss, it wasn't a bad one to miss. I got home, um, to, did really, uh, you know, two really good days of practice on Saturday and Sunday, um, and actually felt a lot better about where things were, you know, heading up here uh, Sunday evening. So. Um, yeah, I, I certainly, if I had made the cut, you know, on the number in San Antonio and just played the weekend, I wouldn't, wouldn't have learnt as much or, or had that time to practice that I, that I did over the weekend and felt like that was pretty beneficial. All right, Rory McIlroy, I don't disagree with his latter comments about missing the cut. Obviously, you want momentum. He would have loved to play well at Valero and come in with momentum. But missing the cut and having time to work on your game and figure out some things is better than limping into the weekend and just playing four rounds and not having any momentum at all and just kind of, I don't want to say wasting time, but that's really what it would lead to. What I want to focus on, Adam, here is the earlier comments. And I spoke about this on, on our TV special this week, and you and I chatted briefly about this Monday. Deflection, deflection, deflection. Rory McIlroy is the complete opposite right now of a guy who wants the rock with zero seconds left on the clock. I bring up the analogy all the time, but Michael Jordan wanted that moment, wanted that pressure, wanted to carry it around with him. Tiger Woods has been that guy his entire career. Tiger Woods right now is telling the universe that hitting a golf ball is easy. He's not worried about that. Okay, so, I mean, these guys, are they have a different gear in the brain. Rory is all using language like, it's not the most important thing in the world to me. Um, if I ended up my career without one, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. The, the, a lot of deflecting. And I've got some numbers here to back up my theory, Skelly. Mm-hmm. 
This is last season on the PGA Tour. We're not going to look at this season because the sample size is too small. He hasn't played enough. He's played decent, but hasn't played enough. This is last year, full season PGA Tour. First round scoring average, 137th on the PGA Tour last year in first round scoring average. Second round, 66, a little better. Why is it improve on Friday? Pressure's off of him. He shot himself out of it practically on, on Thursday. No pressure. So he lies in the weeds and improves, squeezes into the weekend. Okay, he barely makes the cut. Now he's playing Saturday. No pressure, free wheel it. He's got nothing to lose, right? Makes the cut somewhere around the number. He's third in scoring average on moving day on the PGA Tour. Now he's put himself in position again. He's right back in this golf tournament. Maybe second to last group, third to last group. A chance to win after being in no man's land. 76 Sunday scoring average. Mm -hmm. Front nine scoring average. Something to note. Front nine scoring average. 12th on the PGA Tour. Back nine scoring average. Maybe a couple birdies late to win a golf tournament. Maybe make the turn in the hunt on a Sunday. 106 back nine. Rory mentally and emotionally right now cannot compete at this level. End of story, full period. I love the guy. He's the most talented, if not one of the top two or three most talented players in the world. Uh, I think the game needs more Rory. I think he's a wonderful ambassador, ambassador for the sport globally. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he shuts me up. I hope he goes out and completes the Grand Slam. Nothing could make me happier. But at this moment in time, all the numbers and all the language, Adam, suggest that he is not emotionally or mentally prepared for this moment. You know, I, I'm really curious where which Rory McIlroy shows up this week because in the past, he's had a couple of times, Mark, where he has missed the cut in his last start and then gone on to win his next start. Last year it actually happened at the Wells Fargo and closer to home here, RBC Canadian Open 2019. He missed the cut the week before at Memorial, looked totally lost, goes on to have his record-breaking performance. So that's the, that's the glass half full for Rory McIlroy. The glass half empty, like you mentioned, is the, the, the opening rounds, the Sunday scoring average when it really matters most. But, you know, Rory McIlroy won those first four majors basically right away uh, early in his career. But in majors since the beginning of 2015, 34 over in round one. But rounds two through four, 60 under par. Third, only behind Brooks Kepka and Jordan Spieth, who have won a combined seven majors during that span. I, I think, Mark, I, I'm still on, on the side of if Rory McIlroy shoots in the 60s on Thursday, look out. But... Like you mentioned, like you mentioned, if he shoots 73, 74, next week will be, next Monday on Golf Talk Canada, radio on TV, on TSN2, we'll be discussing Rory McIlroy. Brutal start, finishes T8. I, I really believe that. So there's two things you hit on there, Adam, that, that I find very curious. Is that, one, the cup half full approach about missing the cut the previous week and winning. That is a perfect example to me, that this has nothing to do with mechanics or golf swing. I mean, that, that, what you just said right there is, is it hits the nail on the head. There is no connection. There is no, um, uh, uh, you know, connecting of the dots from how he's performing physically the, the previous week 
to, to what happens the following week because it's got nothing to do with his golf swing. His golf swing is incredible. He's one of the most talented players in the world. End of story. Full, full stop. It's all got to do with the head. And I'm really curious of what you just said because if he goes out and shoots 68 or 67 on Thursday and he's right there and we know historically speaking that you've got to be within about five shots of the lead on Thursday to win this golf tournament. That's been this century's version of the Masters. There's not a lot of guys that are 10, 12, 13 back on Thursday to go on to have a chance to win this golf tournament. So if he goes out and shoots 67, 68 on Thursday, I won't put a lot of credence in that until what I see him do Friday, and I'll tell you why. Because if he does do that, now he's got pressure. And now, okay, Rory, you're in position. You did exactly what you wanted to do. I want to see how you handle it. If he can get through Thursday and Friday, then he'll have my attention. Then my antennas will be up and go, okay, maybe he has figured this out. Maybe he has a game plan, the right, uh, the right sports psychologist in the background, reading the right books, turning off the TV and the phone, whatever it is he's doing, the recipe that he has found, if he can get to Saturday, I'll start to, I will start to buy into it. But, it, but if he can't get to Saturday, I don't know, Skulls. Yeah, you know, I, I'm the same way, and I'm looking at his final rounds at Augusta National since 2013. He's only shot over par once, and that was when he was in that final group with Patrick Reed in 2018. Here are, here are his final rounds since 2013. 69, 69, 66, 71, 69, 74 in 2018, 68, 69 in 2020 when he had that back tour top five finish when Dustin Johnson won. Didn't make the cut last year. Rory continues to be uh, puzzling, mesmerizing, but his, his, yeah, Thursday is the number one for me. Just don't, as Tiger said so many times when he was in his heyday, you can't win the tournament on Thursday, but you can certainly lose it. It's a bit of a cliche, but it is a 100% true. Cliches tend to come up for a reason, and this one is uh, definitely uh, valid at Augusta. Okay, on the other side, we'll put a bow on hour one. We will tee up hour two for you. There are still a ton to get to. We're going to hear from a bunch of no notables. We're going to get to our TSN fantasy picks for the Masters. Lots to get to. This is a Masters preview edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Adam, I'm very excited because yesterday, yes, yesterday the invitations went out to the 2022 Can-Am Cup finally. I saw that. So I, I did, did see you that. See, did you see the invitation? Did you see I your picture? Uh, you know what? I didn't actually. I, I saw the email. Let me just pull it up right now before we. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You but are I... listed as assistant captain of golf oh. of Team Canada. Oh. Yes. So okay. this. Is... <laughs> I'll, I'll have the A in my chest ready. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I'm looking forward to that. We are going down in October. I believe it's October 19th. And, um, well, there it is. Yep. If you're interested in playing, yeah, if you're interested in playing the Can Am Cup, 
email us golftalkcanadatsn at gmail.com. Golftalkcanadatsn gmail.com. I believe Team Canada is sold out, but Team USA desperately looking for some help, I believe. And if you want to put on the stars and stripes, maybe you have ties to the U.S., <laughs> maybe you are a dual citizen, maybe you have family in America. Um, there are spots available. And to be bluntly honest with you, this is a great competition, but it's a ton of fun. It is, it's just uh, such a good time. And the people are amazing. The courses are great. We're playing True Blue, Caledonia, which are the two best, in my opinion, in the whole uh, Grand Strand area. We are at uh, the, the uh, Marina, the Marina Inn, the Grand Marina Inn, which is an amazing hotel. Um, we're just looking forward to it. It's a great group of people. If you're interested, it's October nineteenth, um, I think, the twenty third or something like that. But anyway, email us golftalkcanadatsn at gmail dot com, and someone from the Golf Talk Canada family will uh, get the information to you. You could also go to Play Golf Myrtle Beach. If you go to Play Golf Myrtle Beach and just do a search on Can-Am Cup or look at the tournaments or events listed. If you do a deep dive into the Play Golf Myrtle Beach website, you can see it there and uh, and uh, certainly get involved. So looking forward to that. Um, Adam, looking forward to next week. Golf Talk Canada, two hours of radio on Monday, our usual time slot, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, TSN Radio, uh, uh, mobile app across Canada and we'll be simulcasting on TSN TV of course Mondays after majors and big golf events we'll be in studio uh, doing Golf Talk Canada Talk TV looking forward to that and of course 20 Weeks of TaylorMade Adam kicks off this week what's our first prize that we're handing out next week uh, over 30,000 in prizing this year including a grand prize Full set of golf clubs, custom top to bottom, which we do every year from our friends at TaylorMade. Basically, you get treated like Dustin Johnson for the day. And you're also getting a stay-and-play package for two at Casa de Campo. Now, this stay-and-play package, Adam, five rounds of golf, your accommodations, your food, your drink. Basically, it's everything but airfare. The wow. grand prize alone is worth about ten grand. So, wow. But next week, we're giving away something huge as well. What are we giving away? We're giving away something huge. So this is, uh, you'll see this as well in about three hours on Golf Talk Canada Television on TSN 3, 4, and 5. It's a major week, Mark, so why not give away a couple of major prizes? Our winner this week will get a Stealth Plus driver and Stealth Irons. Yes, the irons that Bob Weeks has in the bag. He's a club longer already this year. Yeah, he's it's more. Uh, he's uh, he's hitting hitting it straighter as well. Stealth iron, stealth plus driver. How do you win these marks? Stay tuned. Golf Talk Canada, TSN three, four, and five at the end of the show, and to our social media feeds uh, in about uh, just over three hours as well. And you have a chance to win these two great prizes. Yeah, I will give you a hint. The only way you can win is you got to start following us right away, and then. We'll get let uh, give you the fine details in a few hours this afternoon. And I believe you're playing the plus stealth driver, are you not, Adam? I am playing the stealth plus driver. I've been to the uh, track fan facility at Baby Country Club a couple of times, trying to ramp that speed up. Mark, I'm sort of hovering. Uh, if if I'm sort of hovering at that 305 carry in Florida, as we mentioned last week, I was there a couple weeks ago. 
If it's getting a little hot out there, if the body's feeling loose, I'm, now I'm trying to talk like I'm Tiger and I'm 30 years old. But if I'm feeling <laughs> if loose, the glutes are firing. If the glutes are activated, if the hips are firing, we're, we're carrying it 315, 320. It's straighter. You can control the ball flight in the air. I can't wait to use this driver this year. And Mark, before we quickly go to break, you mentioned the Can-Am Cup. I have to give a quick shout-out here. TJ Rule from Golf Away Tours has been setting up a Pebble Beach trip for myself, my dad, and two friends. We are going mid-September of this year. Pebble Beach, Spanish Bay, Spyglass, back-to-back-to-back. We'll have a full recap on Golf Talk Canada when I get back. I can't wait. That's awesome. That's all. I want to hear about that because I was wondering if you if you rebooked that or not. I'm loving that travel's back. I'm loving that people are moving around again. I'm off to Ireland in July. You're off to Pebble in uh, September, and then we've got Can-Am Cup in October. So it's a great year. Get out there. Reach, reach out to TJ at Golfway Tours if you're thinking of uh, getting back on the road again. I've got the Stealth Plus in the bag as well. Can't wait to get it like up here, Canadian soil, get working on it. I'm playing around with different shafts right now. I need to get in a good simulator. Right mm-hmm. now, we've got the Hawks down at the Hunt, which is the Foresight, which I love. Also up at TaylorMade. I just can't get in anywhere right now. Yeah. Everything's jammed full. So uh, I have to go next week. We've got huge master's duties this week. And then the following week, I'm flying back down to Florida because i got to work PGA Tour Live for ESPN Plus for RBC Heritage. When I come back from the Heritage working uh, TV for ESPN, I will then get focused on the Canadian golf season and get these clubs dialed in. I will have it, some time to do it so. It sounds like we need a Golf Talk Canada road trip to a simulator. You, Bob, and I will we'll go up. We do. We, maybe we got to reach out to Nick and say, hey, can we come up to the lab after hours? Just you know, give us the key. Let us in. And uh, maybe uh, we'll do like a late night with Nick. Maybe we can talk Nick into that. That sounds great. On the other side, so much still to get to. We're going to hear from notables. We're going to do TSN Fantasy. We've got Fred Albers live from Augusta, part of the SiriusXM radio call. He'll be in Amen Corner all in hour two. This is a Masters pregame edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by PlayGolf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts. Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back. Preview Masters Edition Golf Talk Canada on a Wednesday. It all starts tomorrow. We're all pumped. We broke down what, in my opinion, Adam, is the two biggest stories. I think it's, you know, Tiger, obviously a slam dunk, no brainer there. But after Tiger, Rory and his pursuit of the career grand slam is obviously top of mind for everyone and, and certainly Rory deflecting focus and deflecting the conversation but there are other stories and one of them is Bryson DeChambeau and I mean his relationship with Augusta has been an interesting one so far 
at his peak, coming off the U.S. Open victory at winged foot, Bryson DeChambeau, world number five, I believe, at the time. That's where he ended, actually, last season. He was in the top five in the world. He suggested that Augusta National could be a par 68 for him. And, of course, Dustin Johnson went on to win that November Masters back in 2020. DeChambeau has fallen all the way to 19th in the world. He's playing this tournament at 80%, uh, going against doctor's orders. Um, it is nothing but question marks when it comes to DeChambeau. Before we jump into it, let's hear from Bryson DeChambeau. I'm probably around 80, 80% right now. So I can't go all out. I can't do any speed training sessions. I can't uh, practice for excessive hours like I have to figure stuff out. And it's also allowed me to become a little more, uh, I guess you could say, um, a little smarter in how I practice. Like I've got to be more careful with things and I've got to really be efficient. I've got to limit the amount of golf balls I can hit. And today was the first time I was able to just go hit golf balls for a long period of time and just get really comfortable and dialed in. So I feel pretty nice and comfortable going into this week so far. Adam, obviously an injury is never a good thing. The fact that he's a little distracted, the fact that he can't swing out of his shoes at 120 miles an hour, is there any way he can turn this into a positive this year at the Masters? No, I, I, I really don't think so. And I, I'm looking, I'm, I'm not, as you know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm actually looking up his uh, hook, of, hook of a handmate, hook of handmate, which is his fracture in his hand. And that's sort of on the outer side. If you're looking at your hand, that's sort of the outer left side. Uh, so that's sort of where he hits balls. And where he was told that to take four months off because of this. And I think, Mark, that uh, Aaron Oberholzer, who's on Golf Channel, made a very mm -hmm. interesting point because he's actually broken both of uh, his hook of handmade on, on bo both of his hands. I think I'm saying that right. And that actually ended his golf career. So you wonder how much damage Bryson is actually going to do still playing this week. And he's still talking about hitting 190 ball speed with driver. But you think that he'd have to dial it back even more because like you know he's saying he feels looser he's had these great practice sessions this week yada 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 but i don't know i i i think this is more of a cause for concern for bryson going forward i really don't give him much of a chance this week i'm with you on this uh coming off a miscut at the valero texas open uh dealing with this injury again to your point in the hand in a pressure point that takes a lot of the vibration a lot of the contact this is not something you can hide in the golf swing this is not something you can take out, swing a different way. Some guys will swing around injuries, change a move, change a mechanic, etc. Make a subtle change to alleviate a pressure point, whether it be off a snapping of the knee, a lower back, a shoulder. You can't do this in a hand. You can't do this in a grip. And if you do start altering your grip, good luck to you. Because it's the only thing that connects you to the golf club. And guys spend their entire lives with pretty much the same grip and when they try to make a grip change they go from a world-class player to a 20 handicap overnight typically with grip changes uh, unless they are extremely subtle moving your hand a couple of millimeters in one direction whether it be your top hand or your bottom hand in the grip uh, can feel like you've moved it feet um, I'm with you don't like the chances we're going to be interesting to see what goes on. And this is a great segue into Jordan Spieth, who we're going to hear from next. Because another player that was really Jekyll and Hyde 
tee to green last week at the Valero Texas Open. He played well, and he looked pretty good. He looked like a guy in control. He looked like a guy trending in the right direction. However, he called it the worst putting performance of his professional career. He missed nine putts inside six feet, gave seven shots to the field away just on the greens. Now, does Jordan Spieth all of a sudden find comfort at Augusta? a place that he should have multiple green jackets at, a place that he loves the putting surface. Uh, he has run over this field in the past with his putter. Does something click? Or do we get to why word? I don't know. We'll get Adam's opinion. Let's hear from Jordan Spieth. I feel, feel great. Uh, played the last two weeks leading into this week, which is what I've done every year. Um, struck the ball beautifully last week. Never adjusted to the speeds of the greens. Um, that's... Not normally an issue here. I, they were. Uh, I didn't ever got the ball to the hole, and so you kind of have the opposite problem here. So uh, I feel like my game's in a great spot. I feel like you know I'm ready to contend. Um, and you know, with the with the predicted forecast, and if we don't get too much rain, the course was as firm and fast as I'd ever seen it on a Monday yesterday. And so it ideally gets back to that um, with throw in some wind, and then you're going to really need to know the golf course, plot your way around really well. And I I really like Michael's preparation and, and my own um, as far as being able to plot our, ourselves around, miss it in the right spots, um, and then take advantage when we're supposed to take advantage. So um, very confident this week, uh, even if results over the last month or so haven't been you know, what I was looking for. I feel like my game's in a lot better place than even it was last year here. And so... Um, ready uh, I think I'm second to last on Thursday to get started and you know we get a good gauge of how the course is playing because of that and and kind of pick a game plan then now Jordan Spieth confident right now and I think he's confident Adam because of the ball striking to be bluntly honest with you T to green he probably feels a little bit more comfortable than he has in quite a long time however it doesn't matter if he can't get the ball in the hole now, this is a horses-for-courses courses play more than we see annually anywhere on the PGA Tour. If you go back historically through the years, why it is so difficult for first-timers at Augusta, there's a ton of home course knowledge, there's a ton of comfort, there's a ton, a ton of nuances uh, to Augusta National, then unless you have a few laps around there, you typically don't get a handle on it. Jordan has done exceptionally well in his career at Augusta. The one green jacket should probably be two and could possibly be three green jackets already. That's how good his scoring average has been around Augusta National. So does he find the comfort level on the greens immediately coming back to his home course in quotation? Or do we see a guy fighting what you and I called the yips on Monday? Honestly, Mark, I, I'm still really concerned about his golf swing. I mean, you're watching, you know, he was going through these, these he's still doing these pre-shot routine, this pre-shot routine mm -hmm. that's, super like laid off and then over the top like, if you look at a split screen from 2015 and yesterday his backswing is so far laid off than it was you know seven years ago when he went on to win the masters at the time in historic fashion uh but so so the golf swing he's still playing in my mind anyway he's still playing golf swing versus golf kind of like we talked about adam hadwin all those times last year rory mcelroy when he's going through those swing changes as well so that's concerning to me but yeah, the putting is it's still mind-boggling. Like last year, we were we thought of a totally different tune of Jordan Spieth because he went on to win the Valero Texas Open last year, the week before the Masters. So expectations were sky high. He played well despite a triple bogey in the first round on the ninth hole. 
uh, last year and had one of his worst putting weeks of his career. Even uh, it might have been worse than the putting week he had last week. Uh, it was comparable, put it that way. So I'm not very high on Jordan Speed this week. I say he makes the cut, maybe makes a move on Saturday, a la Rory McIlroy if he plays himself out of the mix. But I, I don't see him being in serious contention come Sunday afternoon. It's going to be interesting. You know, I haven't heard a lot of conversation on the mechanics of what Jordan Spieth is doing and whatnot, but I find one thing interesting is that, you know, he lost a lot of the majors he should have won because of the right miss. You remember blocking it right. And in mm -hmm. fact, the Open Championship that he won against Matt Kuchar, where he blocked it right into the driving range on 13, that almost cost him. That far right miss almost cost him that Open Championship. And now we're... You know, fast forward to 2022, and that move that he's working on mechanically, lay it off in the backswing, and then it's an over-the-top rehearsal and for a right-handed golfer, a swing to the left, is to eliminate the left-hand side of the golf course so that, you know, you can lean on a cut and just hit power fade all day, which is interesting because he was losing it right, and now he's gone to a mechanical move that produces it right. So it almost speaks to me like they gave up on eliminating the right miss in a way. It's like, we're not going to drop the club to the inside and we're not going to get it in, into a more traditional space of when he was hitting it fantastic and winning majors. We're just going to almost abandon that and just l almost learn to live with it and say, okay, if we're going to, if our miss is going to be right, how is everything going to be right? How do we just take out the left side? It's not a bad theory. Jack Nicholas won six green jackets playing that way. So it's not a bad theory. To, to, to the layman eye, it looks ugly. It is ugly, to your point. It is very awkward and ugly. Uh, but it's transitioning into good ball striking. We will see if the putter wakes up. Okay, world number one, Scotty Scheffler. Where did that come from, Adam? World number one. <laughs> he has won three times in the last 48 weeks. I mean, excuse me. Yes, in the last, no, not 48 weeks. Uh, bu -bu Days. Days, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Appreciate that. Filling in my memory again. 48 days, he has won three times. He is world number one. Only one player in the history of the Masters has come into Augusta debuting as world number one in their next start and won. Ian Woosnam did it, I think, in 1991 off the top of my head. I will double-check that yep. for you, but I believe it was Ian Woosnam in 1991 is the year. It's the only time it's been done. This is Scotty Scheffler's debut as number one. His language has been deflective. He doesn't feel like anything has changed as world number one. Let's hear from Scotty Scheffler. Outside of, you know, the guy saying congrats, I wouldn't say too much. You know, my friends are still making fun of me. I still got to do my chores at home and nothing really changes. Uh, it's definitely, it's been really cool to see the, the guys come up and say congrats and, you know, be genuinely happy for me. I think, I think the environment out here on tour is pretty cool. When it comes to that kind of stuff and, you know, just the guys being supportive and, you know, having my back and, you know, that's, that's really cool to see because, you know, everyone wants to come out here and win golf tournaments and um, we have a lot of class acts out here that are, you know, really gracious in defeat and, and in victory. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool environment out here. Scotty Scheffler saying nothing's changed. Adam. I have no reason to believe he won't play well. His record around Augusta is not fantastic. Got some question marks in that sense. I don't know. How long can he keep on this type of heater, though? Yeah, totally. And, and you know, this is a guy who really came out of nowhere to be world number one. But what I really like about Scotty Scheffler is that he never really gets too high. 
he never gets too low. There's a level head about him. Another thing, Ted Scott's his caddy. He helped Bubba Watson win two green jackets. I mm-hmm. think he's a big, uh, he'll be a big factor this week. And again, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say Scotty Scheffler is going to win the green jacket. It would be historic if he did that. Four wins in his last six starts. That's a Tiger-esque run in his, in his prime. But, I mean, come Sunday afternoon, if Scotty Scheffler isn't in the last, say, you know, five, six groups, I'd be surprised. Interesting segue. We only have time to hear from one more player. We'll maybe hold back Colin Morikawa. If we have time, we'll play him at the end of the show. But this is a good segue because Scotty Scheffler got the world number one for two reasons. His ability to close. When he had opportunities to win in 2022, he has slammed the door shut. He has turned third-place finishes into wins, sixth-place finishes into wins, and got to world number one. The former world number one allowed this to happen, John Rahm, because he turned opportunities that Scotty Scheffler had like that into top fives and top tens and couldn't close the deal. You look at the amount of times that John Rahm is in contention versus the amount of times he turns him into W's, his closing percentage is not good. He plays so well, but doesn't slam the door. And that allows a Scotty Scheffler to vault to number one. John Rahm comes in at world number two. One major victory last year at the U.S. Open. Let's hear from John Rahm. Feeling good. Um, Very different feel to what I had last year, arriving late Tuesday night. And, you know, just kind of play nine and already teeing off on Thursday. But uh, looking forward to it. You know, it was nice to have the week off last week, um, get the practice in at home, and then this week to see how the course is doing and seeing the changes, right? We're always eager to see what little tweaks uh, the members have done to the golf course. And, you know, it looks fantastic as usual. So I'm, I'm excited to get it going. Cannot argue with his ball striking. Arguably the best ball striker in the world, tee to green. You could certainly make that argument. Uh, Strokes gain around the green has been sloppy this year. Putting has been sloppy this year to his standard. Uh, This is not a golf course where you can hide around the greens. John Rahm is going to have to clean that up if he's going to grab his second major. And another Spaniard donned the green jacket. In fact, he would be, what, the fourth Spaniard to don the green jacket in terms of... uh, Sergio Garcia, uh, Jose Maria Olazabal, and of course, Seve Ballesteros. Okay, on the other side, will John Rahm make our TSN fantasy picks? We will find out. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Scully Masters pregame edition. It all kicks off tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. ETTSN. We've got coverage all day, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on TSN. We'll using constant feeds live amen corner featured groups holes 15 what am i missing adam there's yeah, tons uh, of f- 15 and 16 are on one feed uh amen corner the feature groups you mentioned the feature groups it sounds like tiger woods is going to be one of the feature groups so you can watch basically his entire round on tsn thursday morning mark it's quite simply you just love to see that 
They'd love to see it. And then at 3 p.m., we will throw, our TSN team will throw at 3 p.m. to ESPN network coverage at 3 o'clock on Thursday and Friday. And then, of course, on Saturday and Sunday, we'll do the same and throw it to the CBS golf family. Okay, Adam, this is the likely the biggest week of the year in the world where office pools, fantasy mm. this. I mean, I think my grandma was in a master's pool at one point, oh. right? You know what I mean? Like everybody's in a master's pool. So let's start with our favorites because for me, I had two guys on my radar. In fact, I had three guys on my radar all year. Hideki Matsuyama was one of them. I've left him out because of the injuries. Obviously, Hideki still fighting the injury. We're not too sure coming off a bunch of WDs. So I avoided Hideki, but I had two other clear-cut names that I knew I wanted as part of my fantasy team. So let's start with the favorites. Uh, Go with you. Give me your first favorite in no particular order, but I've got two favorites. I got them 1A, 1B. Give me your favorites. Well, first of all, Mark, you mentioned the Masters pools. I don't know about you, but I heard from more people yesterday who I haven't heard from in a while saying, hey, how are you? Can you help me, help me with my Masters yes. pools? So, but yes. too funny. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm sort of in, in, a, in a similar wavelength in terms of uh, favorite and my thought process behind this. So uh, I, I, had, uh, I have one player who we'll get to in a little bit, who you know, who uh, is more of a value play, more playing on better form. I have one player who has historically done very well in major championships. And I have another player who I think is due to win another major and is also playing very well. That's one of the favorites. That is Justin Thomas, who's played very well this year. He doesn't have a win just yet, but I think the influence of Jim Bones Mackay caddying for him is going to be a big one for Justin Thomas this week. I think he has a great chance to win his first major championship since the 2017 PGA Championship. Okay, who's your next favorite? Okay, my next favorite, everyone's favorite, Brooks Kepka. And yes, he might rub some people the wrong way. Yes, he may or may not hate or really like Bryson DeChambeau. Who really knows about that? But what I do know is that Brooks Kepka plays well in majors. Yes, he missed the cut at last year's Masters. That was a, a month, a couple weeks after having knee surgery. That should have put him arguably out for the season. He was reading greens like Spider-Man on one leg. But what's he do from there? He finishes runner-up at the PGA Championship, T4 at the U.S. Open, T6 at the Open Championship. This guy lives for the majors. I would be shocked if Brooks Kepka isn't in the mix on Sunday. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Brooks Kepka is kind of flying under the radar right now. I yeah. think that's pretty fair to say. And we know, to your point, what he does in majors. I think the Justin Thomas pick is going to be a very popular pick because he's done everything you could possibly do this year but win. Mm-hmm. Um, and T to Green, he looks unbelievable. And I think Bones on the bag. This is the first time he'll have Bones on the bag at the Masters. You know, arguably, other than Steve Williams, no one knows the greens from a caddy perspective better than, than Jim. Uh, might be a huge asset. Can't really argue with I, either of those picks. However, Adam, I don't have them as my favorites. Uh, I've been calling Colin Morikawa to win the Masters for almost a year. Uh, you know I like my long picks. I did it with John Rahm last year at the U.S. Open. For about a year, I said he's going to win the U.S. Open. It actually panned out. I'm sticking with my Morikawa game plan. I'm not going to react to what have you done for me lately. Although he has two top fives and three top tens and seven starts. So it's not like he's played poorly. He just hasn't won or been the Morikawa that we saw last year yet. I'm not going to react because in my opinion, he's the best iron player in the world. We know how Augusta loves iron players. He's got the best Sunday scoring average of anyone on the PGA Tour. Um, 
I just think he handles the moment almost the opposite of Rory McIlroy right now. With the exception of Tiger Woods, I don't believe there's a single human being on the planet right now in the game of golf that handles the size of the moment better than Colin Morikawa. I think he proved it at his majors. I think he proved it at the Ryder Cup. Uh, I think Morikawa is certainly a guy uh, you cannot ignore this week. Thus, he is one of my favorites. And my other pick is Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith has three top tens already in a very short master's career. Uh, He is a two-time winner this year on the PGA Tour. He is second in par five scoring, which is a huge stat at Augusta. If you don't take care of the par fives, you get run over at Augusta. And statistically, he is not the best putter in the game of golf. Statistically, right now, that is Tyrrell Hatton, which isn't a bad play this week, by the way. Wow. However, I think Cameron Smith is the best putter in the game of golf. I think when, when it matters... Nobody is filling up the cup right now more than Cameron Smith. He's already won twice. He's trying to become the second player in history to win the Players' Championship and the Masters in the same year. The only player that did that was Tiger Woods, obviously. But, I mean, he set the record-setting performance in Kapalua to kick off the calendar year, 34 under par. How do you not like Cameron Smith? He loves this golf course, super comfortable. Watch out for the Aussie this week. All right, Scully, your value play. Okay, my value play and... I, I've seen, you know, in terms of value, what kind of odds he has. They have sort of, they've dropped a little bit here. So I think a lot of, you know, fantasy players are going towards this guy. And that's Shane Lowry, 2019 Open champion. One of the great victories we saw in the world of golf a couple of years ago. He's also playing some great golf this year. The runner-up of the Honda Classic. Another amazing moment, the hole-in-one. The 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass. I think this guy is also due to get in the mix again. A couple of good finishes uh, at, at the majors last year as well. I, I think Shane Lowry um, at 50 to 1, 41 in and around the, those odds. I, I think he has a good chance to get in the mix. I'll give you one more. Adam Scott also playing some great golf, also in that same uh, odds range. Uh, he, of course, is a past champion here back in 2013. Yeah. I, I like the Shane Lowry play again. Si- uh, size of the moment does not face yeah. him, to your point. And uh, I've Adam Scott is a dark horse, and Tyrrell Hatton have been my other two dark horses I've been looking at. I just don't think Scott. He, I mean, watching some of those four footers when it counts is just hard to watch. Terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I, I've kind of left them off my list. My dark horse, Adam, is a first timer. 1979, Fuzzy Zeller, really the only first timer to ever win this golf tournament. We will not count Gene Sarazen and Horton Smith. That's 1934-35. Of course, it was everybody's first Masters. The Masters <laughs> just started. So that let's ignore that. Fuzzy Zeller is really the only modern-day player to ever win the Masters in their first try, 1979. Sam Burns has won twice this year on the PGA Tour, including his last start, the Valspar. He hits it a mile. He is second in the FedEx Cup. He has swagger. He has strut. Watch out for Sam Burns, 50 to 1, most places, Ooh. as a dark horse. This is a guy who's won twice against good fields, 50 to 1. He gets out to a good start and starts to believe that he can win on Thursday and realizes this is just another golf tournament. Watch out for Sam Burns. Okay, on the other side, we're going straight to Augusta National. A man who will be in the booth at Amen Corner for the SiriusXM radio call this week. My colleague from PGA Tour Radio, Fred Albers, next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. And welcome back, Golf Talk Canada, a bonus Wednesday edition at uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon on TSN 3, 4, and 5. We have our Golf Talk Canada Masters television preview special. This is a bonus Masters pregame edition of Golf Talk Canada coming to you on a Wednesday. We'll do this every Wednesday, Major Championship Week. And Monday, 10 till noon, Golf Talk Canada Radio, also simulcast on TSN TV as we will do every Monday after Majors. We've got it covered. And, of course, TSN, your home for the Masters. It kicks off tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., 10 till 3 o'clock. And then we will throw to the ESPN coverage in the afternoon. Now, if you cannot be in front of a TV and you are out and about, working away, out in the great city of Toronto or somewhere coast-to-coast in Canada, and you just need your master's fix, then you need to listen to our next guest because he is my colleague, my good friend from PGA Tour Radio, and a member of the master's radio team this week, my good buddy, Freddie Albers. Freddie, are you in the uh, tower down at Amen Corner this week? I think the last time I saw you a few weeks ago at the Players' Championship, that's what we were chatting about. Well, first off, when you said a member, I was hoping you were going to say, and a member of the Augusta National Golf Club, and you're going to break the news <laughs> over the air, but I guess that invitation is, uh, is still in the mail. I'm at several broadcast locations uh, throughout the golf course. I'm going to, uh, to, to be out with Tiger tomorrow, so I'll be going uh, with him uh, throughout the golf course. All right, Freddie, so th- that's a great segue, because can you believe here we are 14 months later after the accident in, in Los Angeles – I mean, I'm shocked. Here we are. He's playing. We're going to give it a go. Uh, how how shocked are you that we've arrived here? You know, if we go back, say, two, three weeks ago when you and I were at the Players' Championship uh, and we were having a dinner or, or a cocktail, and if I had told you Tiger was going to play Augusta, uh, you probably would have locked me up in a tower somewhere. Well, when we saw him at, at PNC at the father's son, there was no way. Uh, and, you know, that goes back to the middle of December. So you're not talking, you know, four months ago about uh, there was no way, no way he could ever walk these hills uh, at Augusta. But when he came up here uh, with Charlie and, and Justin Thomas last week, uh, I thought he'd play then. Uh, you know, all the talk about he wanted to show Charlie the golf course or just wanted to come back and, and help Justin Thomas. I, I wasn't buying any of that. When he came up here, he wanted to know, one, if he could play, and two, how he would recover. And both of those are very good. It's not just the playing. I'm not worried about Tiger uh, completing 18 holes tomorrow. I'm not worried about him playing well. Uh, I worry about how he feels uh, Thursday morning. You know, the recovery. You know, there's a there's a jolt of adrenaline with him playing for the first time. I, I have no doubt that he'll play, and I think he'll play well. But I wonder how he will recover because uh, this is a very, very difficult walk. I think uh, outside of Kapalua and the Century Tournament of Champions, this is the toughest walk on the PGA Tour. Now, Fred, the, the hype machine has been in full tilt for Tiger Woods. We've seen you know, the Tiger Woods tracker on Twitter and different reporters tweet out, oh, he just birdied the 18th hole in the practice round today. Can you remember <laughs> or recall another tournament where the hype has been so high for one individual player? Well, we remember when he when he came back a few years ago. I mean, it was it was bouncing off the meters 
uh, you know, I, I, the, the line, you know, he doesn't push the needle. He is the needle. So anytime Tiger does something, uh, it's magnified, maybe even more this time because he's given us so many storylines, you know, child prodigy, uh, best player in the world, going to break all Jack Nicklaus records, you know, falls on his own sword, uh, ostracized for a while, the comeback, more surgeries, uh, wins a U.S. Open with a broken leg, uh, back injury, uh, DWI, uh, comes back, uh, wins a Masters when everyone thought he was done, then a horrific uh, car accident that almost cost him a, a leg amputation. He'll never play again. He'll play selected weeks. He's only going to play a flat golf course. I bet we see him at the Open Championship in St. Andrews. He's playing Augusta. Are you crazy? So it is one heck of a story timeline that Tiger has treated us to. Uh, Freddie, I'm going to shock you with my next statement. Earlier in the show, I had a strong, controversial opinion about something. I know that comes uh, uh, probably is a big surprise to you uh, as the amount of time we've spent together. Um, it's about Rory McIlroy. And I think if you're a fan of Rory, which I am, I think all all golfers, the entire golf community is a fan of Rory because I think the world needs more Rory. He's just such a great human being and ambassador for, for the sport. That being said, though, I don't believe, Freddie, that he is emotionally uh, prepared and mentally prepared uh, to win a major of any kind at this moment. Uh, unless it is a backdoor pressure off Sunday charge, and he takes one of those backdoor top tens and somehow spins it into a backdoor victory, and I say that not only because of the numbers on uh, what he does uh, on the golf course in terms of scoring average on Sunday, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not just leaning on that. I'm leaning on the language, Fred that he seems to me like he's deflecting things. It's not the most important thing in the world to me and, and things of that nature. The other side of that camp is, no, he has things in perspective now, and he has a healthier view on things, and he is ready to complete a career Grand Slam. What side of the fence is Fred Albers on? So I'm not surprised at all that you have a strong opinion. Uh, <laughs> I would be surprised if it was the correct opinion. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as uh, Lou Holtz, the Notre Dame football coach, told me one time, that is a very good argument, well-presented, well-researched, well-done, very good job. And I'd like to be able to agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, there, there's validity on both sides of that coin. Uh, if you look at, at Rory's scoring average, uh, he, he plays catch-up. You know, he, he tends to play bad in that opening round and then tries to play catch-up. That's tough to do. Uh, in a major championship. Uh, no, I, I can easily see uh, Rory winning this week. When, when Rory plays well, and I walked with him uh, earlier this fall at the CJ Cup uh, in Las Vegas, uh, he looked like the best player in the world. I mean, he always looks so good driving the golf ball. And when he's putting, it doesn't even have to be great. If it's just average, you think he's going to win every week on, on the PGA Tour. Now, I will tell you that uh, Rory is not as outwardly competitive as some other players on the PGA Tour, especially off the golf course. You know, Rory's kind of laid back, kick, chill, uh, if you catch him out at dinner at night or something, where other players are always burning uh, pretty hot. But inside the ropes, I, I think uh, I think Rory uh, is, is, is as intense as, as anybody uh, out there. He does have his moments where he steps out of the bubble, but I think that's a good thing. Several years ago uh, when we were playing at Bridgestone, uh, 
he uh, I had left some flags for him to sign for charity in his locker. And it's 18. He's tied for the lead, and he sees me behind the green. And, and he walks through the green up to me, and I think that he's going to say, I heard you talking last hour or something. He goes, Fred, I just want you to know I'm sorry. I didn't get around to signing those flags to this morning, but they're ready for you in my locker. And then turns around and makes a birdie putt. So there, there are times that he slips in and out of the bubble of concentration. But I think that's a good thing. So, Freddie, my segue or my, my follow-up on that would be then you think it's a good thing. I was going to ask you if, if, if Rory had 50% of Tiger's mentality on the golf course, killer instinct, focus, uh, emotional strength, whatever you want to call it, combination of the above, does he have twice as many majors or is it a hindrance? Yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't buy into that uh, whatsoever. Uh, I asked Jack Nicklaus one time, you know, uh, Jack – spent a majority of his career flying home to see little league games. And I asked him one time uh, if, if he had just been solely as selfish in golf as some other players are. And, and that's not a knock. I, I mean, you talk to Lee Trevino and Lee Trevino will tell you, you know, I wasn't a great husband. I, w- I wasn't a great father. My, my drive was, was golf. Probably regrets that now. And, and Jack said, if I had been more selfish and just did golf, I would have flamed out and not as one as often. My family is what provided my balance uh, to my life. Now, that doesn't mean that's the pathway to success for everyone, but it's the path that, that Rory has chosen. And uh, I think he's perfectly capable of completing the Grand Slam with that attitude. We're with Fred Albers, who's on the radio team this week at Augusta National for the Masters. Fred, you mentioned the path players taken. Well, the path Bryson DeChambeau's taken uh, has been unique, weird, something we've never seen before. Now he's, for the first time in this incredible bulk era, if you want to call it that, he's going through two injuries in the hand and his hip. What are your expectations for DeChambeau this week? Very low. (laughs) And I think this was all a calculated risk on his part. Uh, Paul Azinger. Uh, told me last summer. Maybe. My goodness, I'm name dropping now. I've talked with Jack Nicklaus. I talked <laughs> with Paul Eisinger. And you know, I'm not that popular out here. I just run into people. Uh, anyway, uh, Paul Eisinger said it's really interesting what he's doing because he's going to get hurt. But everybody gets hurt out here. I, I mean, Tiger proved that you could have the greatest abs in the world and still uh, run into injury problems. So he said that maybe Bryson is just going to push the pedal down as long as he can, as hard as he can. And when he gets hurt, he gets hurt because whether he, he went at it really hard or not, uh, everybody out here suffers injuries. So maybe it was inevitable, and maybe Bryson made a calculated risk that would not be beyond him at all. Probably has an algorithm. Practice this hard, last this numbers of years, win this many majors. You know, he's got a U.S. Open trophy. If he never hits another shot, he's a U.S. Open champion. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think that – I don't like his chances this week. This is a tough golf course, and uh, that ham and bone injury uh, in his hand is, is very difficult to, to, to come back from. And, uh, you know, he, he does have a lot of hip rotation too, so uh, two strikes against him with those two particular injuries. All right, Freddie. Adam went with Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka as his two favorites this week. Shane Lowry as his value play dark horse. I went with Colin Morikawa and Cameron Smith as my two favorites this week. My value play dark horse at 50 to 1 is Sam Burns. We all know the stories about first timers at Augusta, but a guy who's won twice uh, and has some swagger I couldn't ignore. 
Who are your two favorites this week? And give us somebody off the radar that wouldn't surprise you if they caught uh, fire and had a chance on Sunday. Justin Thomas, John Rahm, and uh, out of left field, even, you know, I, you can't say that Sam Burns is a long shot. I mean, Sam Burns has a, has a, has a great chance to be the fourth player to win it uh, in, in his first time. But uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick has been trending. I haven't won, but has put himself into contention uh, enough times. And then this, you know, I, I know listeners are, are saying, who's, who's this guy? Seamus Power. Seamus Power has been playing well, uh, you know, uh, from Ireland, uh, competed very well uh, at the Dell Technologies match play. Uh, there's someone that is totally off everyone's radar who is a very good player about to come in his own. Uh, you know, he, he's already won on tour, so he's not totally dark horse. But uh, I bet the majority of our listeners have no idea about Seamus. Well, Freddie, thanks so much for your time. Uh, the reason I am not on the PGA Tour is because I dedicated myself as a husband. I just want to get that across to you right now before we, uh, before we let you go. As you know, I am just an incredible spouse and had to focus on that, thus was not able to compete in, in, in a Masters as a professional, which is very sad. But, uh, but I know you know that as spending some time with Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, you've seen it firsthand. Freddie, you have a wonderful to, week. I thought you were married. <laughs> Weren't you married to Heather? Has that changed? Because that's not the. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't aware of this new dimension. I. I thought uh, you were still with Heather. I, huh, all right. Sorry. That's embarrassing. Freddie, I wish time. I was there with you, buddy. I wish I was there. Right. Uh, give my best to everyone. I will see you down the road shortly. I really appreciate the time. I know you're jammed up with tons to do, and enjoy. Uh, your time tomorrow. I know it's work. I know we all put in a thousand hours covering this sport, but you've got an opportunity tomorrow to really be a part of a historic day. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy you're going to be able to do that. So enjoy it. And we'll be listening. Thank you, buddy. They just blew the horn here, too. So I don't have high hopes for the uh, for the par three tournament. Ah, that's too bad. Okay, well, stay safe and enjoy your Thursday. Freddie Albers, PGA Tour Radio, Masters Radio, which you can hear on PGA Tour uh, Radio, Sirius XM this week. If you can't be in front of a TV and watching the Masters coverage and you're out and about in your car, uh, check out Freddie and the rest of the team. On the other side, we will put a bow on today's show. Golf Talk Canada, tee you up for all Masters coverage, as well as Golf Talk Canada coverage throughout the Masters week. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Oh, welcome back to our Masters pregame special as we put a bow on it. We're back 10 a.m. tomorrow morning with our Masters coverage. We will get you caught up on all our Masters coverage here momentarily. And, of course, this afternoon, 1 o'clock, TSN 
TV. It is our Golf Talk Canada Masters Preview Special. We will kick off 20 weeks of Taylor But Adam, you know it's bizarre. For the first time in over two decades, Phil Mickelson, not playing the Masters, he has dominated most of the news and headlines in the world of golf for all the wrong reasons this year. Thank God for Tiger knocking Phil out of the news by coming back and playing. But two decades it's been since we've played a Masters, well over two decades since we've played a Masters without Phil. That's right, and Masters Chairman Fred Ridley is actually speaking to the media right now. He was asked about Phil, and he said, We did not disinvite Phil. Phil reached out to me and let me know that he did not intend to play. That was by way of a text. So that's what happened. That's why Phil is not in the field this week. By way of a text? A text. Yeah. I mean... That's bad. Here we go again. I've said it from day one. Everybody likes a comeback story. People are practically willing to forgive almost anything, with the exception of violent crime. Okay, with the exception of violent crime, people are almost willing to forgive anything. With one caveat, it comes with an apology. People like an apology, preferably sincere, and and then off you go. And, and then you become, you know, the great comeback story that everybody wants. And I will argue still, Adam, till I am blue in the face, that we don't have an apology yet. No. We don't even have anything close to a sincere apology. We have, a, we have a, an apology right now to the Saudi Golf League, and, and Golf Saudi is who we have an apology to. And when we have a, a, a bunch of defensive language claiming that he was protecting the game and the players, we do not have an apology to the PGA Tour. We do not have an apology to his fellow PGA Tour members. We don't have an apology to any of his fan base and the people that have supported him and made him modern-day Arnold Palmer to this point, people's champion. We have no apologies to any of that. In fact, I don't even know. Do we have an apology to any of his sponsors? I didn't even think I heard that. I, I got to go back and read it, but I don't think we even have that. So until we have an apology, I don't know. Right now, quickly, Adam, we only have a couple of minutes left. Right now, yes or no, does Phil Mickelson play the PGA Championship as defending champion? No, I don't think so. I agree. I'm with you. I say no. I say for the first time in, I don't even want to tell you how long, the defending champion of a major will choose not to play with something other due to injury, right? We see guys miss their title defense due to injury. That happens all the time. It's outside of their control. I can't tell you the last time a defending major champion has chose to not play who was healthy and was eligible to do so. So, wow. all right, 1 o'clock, TSN, 3, 4, 5, Masters, pregame, Golf Talk Canada, myself, Bob, Adam, we take a deep dive. There's tons of great essays, great stuff. You do not want to miss this. We will also kick off 20 weeks of TaylorMade at 1 o'clock this afternoon. At the end of the show, we will kick off 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We're giving away over 30,000 product this year, including a grand prize through the bag, custom set of TaylorMade golf clubs, Plus, a trip for two, Casa de Campo. You do not want to miss 20 Weeks TaylorMade. And tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., we kick off the Masters. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., myself and Lindsay Hamilton in Toronto, James Duffy, Bob Weeks, Graham Dillette on location. We will throw to ESPN coverage at 3 o'clock. That is the schedule Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision in the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by 
Adidas Golf, and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.